Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I got to tell you, that was a lot of sports. My head is spinning. Playoff baseball, NBA Finals, tons of football, a crazy football weekend. Let's start with the NBA Finals and get that out of the way because a lot of you hate the Lakers. Uh, LeBron, man, he's just more Michael Jordan all the time. Remember Jordan's Hall of Fame speech, and he is just so ah, angry and confrontational, and it just wasn't very appealing. And LeBron afterwards, Rob wants his respect. Frank wants his, the GM and the coach want their respect. The organization, the fan base wants their respect, and I want my damn respect too. I mean, honestly, LeBron, we spent the last few years no longer arguing about whether you're the best player in the game over the last decade, because we all know you are. It's just about whether you're the greatest ever. So I'm pretty sure you got your respect. Like, you, nobody really even argues you and Kobe. It's just like you and Michael Jordan. So it's like literally nobody who played in the league in your massively long, fabulous career compares to you. I think you got your respect. That was not good. I don't know what he was doing there. But he's got his fourth title with three different teams. So, you know, that's a win. That's good for him. Uh, so the Lakers, the champs, the longest NBA season is over. If Miami had won, I think there would have been an asterisk next to the title because fifth seeds win championships every 25 years or so. Um, but LeBron wins it. They had the best record in the West. He's been in the finals every year, but the year he was hurt over the last decade. So I don't think there's any asterisk at all. I think it's, you know, the Spurs had an asterisk when they first won in a lockout-shortened season, but when they won number two and number three and number four, pretty soon it's like, yeah, they're champs. It just happened to be the year, whatever, you know. And I think that's where this one is. So that's the basketball. The uh, the football, well, let's start with the college football. What a crazy Saturday. What an unbelievably bizarro day. No defense in the Big 12. We've kind of gotten used to that over the last few years. But no defense to speak of in the SEC. I thought Missouri was terrible. And yet, Missouri beat LSU, so maybe LSU's terrible. I was kind of looking at Missouri thinking, I wonder what BYU would have done with this schedule of theirs, you know? How would they have handled all these Power 5 teams? And I thought, well, the first thing is they would have beaten Missouri. That was like my number one assumption with all of BYU's big games that they don't get to play. And then Missouri goes and beat LSU. So I guess we'll have to see how they play more. I think there's a hysterical scenario sitting out here where these teams beat each other up and then like, well, the Pac-12 only played seven games. We played ten. Yeah, none of that mattered when the Pac-12 was playing nine and the Big Ten was playing nine. And the Big 12 is playing nine. You're only playing eight with all your buys and all your coastal Carolinas and Citadels. Now you just see the SEC. The defenses are getting lit up. They're going to beat each other up. You can see it coming. This is hilarious. Um, Arkansas has been an easy win. Doesn't look like an easy win. Auburn got them, but they had to kick a last-second field goal. I will say Georgia's defense looked like the real deal. They scored late in the game, held them to 21 points. So Georgia looked like an SEC team. But everybody else, what is going on? You know? I mean, the only team that gets shut down is Kentucky's defense holds Mississippi State to two points. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Week one, Mississippi State was throwing the ball all over the field. It was like, the air raid's going to take over the SEC. Now they can't even score in Kentucky. I don't know what to make of it. And Nick Saban, after the game, I thought he was very 
um, you know, took the high road, said all the right things in his walk-off interview about, uh, you know, the defense has to get better, and Lane Kippen had a good plan, and Ole Miss executed it, and they scored a bunch of points. Thank goodness our offense scored in every possession in a 63-48 win. It's like arena football in the SEC. What the heck happened? Uh, but then later he's like, well, maybe they had our signals. <laughs> it didn't take long to go to the cheating card. Oh, my gosh. So uh, the team to watch now, uh, if you're a Pac-12 fan or a BYU fan, you're thinking, how do we get in the playoff? Well, number one, I don't think BYU does. I'm not convinced BYU is going to get in the New Year's Six, even if they're 10-0. And I think, I think they have a better shot of going 10-0 than they have of getting in the New Year's Six. I just think that means squeezing somebody else out and nobody else is going to have any of it. Maybe I'll be wrong, but nobody else have any of it. I, I watched one of the college football wrap-up shows on Sunday by mistake, flipping around at 11 a.m. when the NBA NFL games were about to start. And um, the ESPN show started with one of their guys going berserk on how good BYU was. Didn't even mention, you know, the tough time they had with UTSA and it was a seven-point game and all that. Just still just pumping BYU up. So there is some momentum nationally. We'll see how it plays out. I just... I can see BYU getting in. I just can't see anyone else getting squeezed out. And, of course, both those things can't happen, right? So which is more powerful? Everyone holds on to their slot. Um, <clears throat> what else did I enjoy out of the college football? Um, there, there were so many crazy games, I don't even know where to start. Oklahoma and Texas, that was wild. Texas has a second loss. Oklahoma can't stop anybody. Texas isn't beaten until they're beaten. Now, they, you know, again, with the two touchdowns in the last three minutes, to get to overtime, just like they did with Texas Tech. That Texas offense is impressive in the clutch. They are really good in the clutch. Uh, the NFL football, obviously, the desk, Dak Prescott injury was just cringeworthy. It was horrible uh, and, and totally bizarre that it happens on the day Alex Smith returns to the field. And it's not that Alex played well or they even had a chance to play well. He got sacked six times by the Rams, who ate eight sacks in the game. And Alex came in with like two or three minutes left in the first half. He still got sacked six times. They were behind. They had to throw it. They can't block. And Washington is just a mess. That whole division is a mess. The Cowboys beat the Giants. It was actually a very entertaining game. And uh, Andy Dalton, the former TCU Mountain West quarterback, right, uh, been in Cincinnati. He's had playoff teams there. He goes to Dallas as the backup. And now he's the guy. Now he is the guy. And he was good. He got him down the field for a touchdown, and then they kicked two field goals in the last two minutes and won the game. And uh, he made some big throws on that, on that last drive when they had to go the length of the field in five plays against the clock, kick the field goal, and win the thing. So Dallas gets the win, and they lead the division at two and three, and everybody else is just brutal. Just, just horrible. <laughs> that division. Oh. Anyway, uh, the other games to kind of, you know, uh, the Niners, um, I think we're done talking about the Niners. They're two and three. They've had a ton of injuries. A lot of teams go to the Super Bowl and lose and then have a bad year for multiple reasons. And I think we can put injuries at the top of the list with the Niners. You know, but there can be a, a, you know, a hangover emotionally and all that stuff. And sometimes the breaks go your way and sometimes they don't. And maybe they did go their way last year and they're clearly not going their way this year. All the breaks are going to Seattle this year. Man, Russell Wilson, that offense, bailed that defense out again. I thought the defense was actually going to play well and have a pretty good game. And then in the fourth quarter, they fall apart. They give up the go-ahead score. They had a chance to be the hero and shut them down. But no, two late scores, and Minnesota's in front, and Wilson connects on fourth down and wins the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he got out of the hole, and obviously Kansas City didn't. And i got to say, everybody here loves Andy Reid, but I think we have to be critical of Andy Reid this morning. Why didn't they run the ball more? 
Why did they throw it so much? The Raiders came in with terrible stats against the run. Kansas City literally from the opening drive was getting seven, eight yards a pop. Alaire was running wild inside, outside. I couldn't believe they didn't run the ball more. It's 24 all at the half. And you don't score in the third quarter. You don't score in any part of the fourth quarter. At some point, you've got to go back to the run. I mean, in the first half, you're scoring no matter what you do. Just keep doing that. That's fine. But a, when it's 24-all at the half, I did not expect a scoreless third quarter from both teams, and yet that's what we got. And I thought at some point, Kansas City had to go back to the run. One loss isn't the biggest deal. I mean, they got 11 months without losing a game, so they lost one. They're still 4-1. They're good to go. But uh, that, w- that was a little surprising. Cleveland's 4-1. Cleveland. I thought the Browns actually kind of looked good. I'm sure Phillip Rivers threw him a pick six. It's kind of what he does. But still. All right, that's some of the sports of the week, and we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Utah football. We're going to have the Utes coming up at 8 a.m. this morning. We're going to hear from them. We're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utes are practicing now. The countdown is on. What is today, the 12th? Yes, today is October 12th. And November 7th, the Utes play their opener. So less than a month to go to the game. The team's practicing now, and uh, they're doing Zoom calls with the media. Uh, Kyle Winningham will actually be on probably about 8.15 this morning. Um, we did get a chance to hear from him briefly on Friday. We're going to play some of that for you now. And uh, Kyle, really upbeat. Now, there's a couple ways to read this. One, he's upbeat because he just legitimately thinks he has a good team. So you could read it that way. Another way you could read it is, well, he's being upbeat to hold his team accountable. No rebuilding year. No, you know, push the envelope here. You guys have to be good because we're going to be good. Don't be, the, don't be the one guy who breaks down and messes it up for everybody else. Because, you know, in a lot of plays, if 10 people do their job right and one person does it wrong, then the play doesn't work. And, uh, you know, the whole defense is playing great, but, you know, you blow your coverage and they get a touchdown. Or the whole offensive line is great, but you don't block your guy. And instead of a big play, we got a tackle for a loss or a turnover. <coughs> so there's all those things out there, right? So maybe it's it. does he coach through the media? Yes, all good coaches do. But that doesn't mean what he's saying isn't true or that there's some combination of things in there. Here is an upbeat Kyle Whittingham who thinks the prospects for this team are good. And maybe part of that schedule, as PK said on TV last night, you know they're going to be favored against UCLA. You know they're going to be favored against Arizona. You know they're going to be favored against Colorado. They should be favored against Oregon State, who had a pretty good year and won five games last year. But, you know, their quarterback went off to the NFL and they lost some other key places. So you got to figure it's going to be favored in four games. What do they do against ASU and... USC. And then what do they do in the seventh game? We don't know who they play yet. Um, but, you know, they're somewhere between 4-3 and three and 7-0 and oh at that point. Uh, here's Kyle Whittingham on his team. Okay, we're ready to uh, shift gears, so to speak, and get into a fall camp mode starting today. Um, be nice to uh, be able to practice with the whole team together. We've been going split practices uh, and uh, split meetings as well. But uh, now we've transition to uh, more of a typical uh, practice structure and, and meeting structure and and uh, looking forward to getting going. So questions? 
We'll get started with John Kuhn from AP, followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune, and then Dirk Facer with the Deseret News. Coach, you have a secondary where you're putting in five new starters this year. Um, kind of rare to have to replace all five starters in the same year like that. Um, what can you say about just the, the potential and, and talent that you see in this group? Well, we see good potential and talent, but uh, as everybody knows, that's got to come to fruition on the game field. And so it's going to be uh, one of our primary tasks this uh, fall camp is to identify who those five guys are going to be early as early as we can, let them start working together as a unit. And it's much like offensive linemen. You know, the secondary guys got to, got to work together and, and get a feel for each other and and uh it's uh like i said other than the quarterback position we've got to get ironed out the secondary is a is the next uh, most important uh, task that we have during fall camp and we feel like we've got a lot of good candidates that are all uh, inexperienced um and mostly freshmen and sophomores but but uh, they got to be ready and we got to get them ready next up is josh newman followed by dirk facer Hey, good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Um, given um, the tumultuous nature of the investigation involving Morgan, um, in the last three or four months since that got settled, how, how do you feel like he's done in terms of um, re-ingratiating himself with the program and the players that he's currently coaching? Phenomenal. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, an outstanding football coach, an outstanding person, um, and we uh, are – you know, just just forging ahead. We've we've put it behind us. Uh, we've all learned from it, uh, particularly Morgan, from uh, from what transpired. But uh, we're just, like I said, going going in a, a positive direction right now. And and uh, Morgan has done a great job uh, with you know his uh, how he's handled it and the strides that he's made since uh, since the incident. Next up is Dirk Facer, followed by Chris Comrani with The Athletic. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Good, Dirk. Hey, I was going to ask you, I know how you feel about outside expectations, but being picked uh, to finish third this year after winning back-to-back Pac-12 South titles, is there a little different uh, attitude going into camp, or do you just tune that stuff out? We just tune it out, and uh, when you look at the players that we lost and who we have to replace uh, – I don't blame them for, for picking us where they did. And that's, you know, it's just a typical reaction, but uh, it'll all depend on how these new guys that are getting their opportunities uh, handle it. And that's really the bottom line. You know, we've got to have guys step up and that's the nature of college football. You lose guys every year, your, your senior class amongst a couple handful of others that move on for various reasons. And you got to be able to reload and respond. And uh, that's where our objective is right now is to, is to get everybody, uh, you know, position where they should be and playing at the level they need to be playing at and then see what happens. Thank you. Next up is Chris Comerani with The Athletic. You got me, Kyle? Got you, Chris. I'm wondering, how do you kind of address the give and take of having an offense that can put up a lot of points versus having a young and inexperienced defense that you don't want to necessarily put on the field as much as possible. Traditionally, it's kind of been the opposite in a sense that, you know, you've been able to protect leads once you get them by running the ball and relying on your defense. Whereas uh, this year might be the most backward Kyle Whittingham coach team that we've seen in a long time. 
It could be uh, as far as you know how you've outlined it and, and what our usual MO is. Um, you know, we hope we can score a bunch of points offensively. We feel like we got a lot of good players on that side of the ball, a lot of experience. Uh, as we mentioned before, we got to find the quarterback and, and get him in place. But uh, we're going to have to lean on that offense, uh, particularly early on in the season, to uh, you know to get uh, to get wins. I mean, they're going to have to perform up to expectations while the while the defense uh, gets settled in. And you know, we just we got a bunch of playmakers on that side of the ball. The receiving core is, is strong. The tight ends are very productive. And maybe the, the biggest factor and the key is the offensive line. We've got a, a talented and deep offensive line. So so we've got to uh, hope that that comes to fruition with the offense uh, playing how we project. And that'll, like I said, keep us in ball games early in the season while the defense uh, you know, goes through their maturation process. Next up is Josh Furlong with KSL.com, followed by Trevor Allen. Hey, Kyle. Um, obviously, Andy Ludwig has been known to be able to work towards his personnel and being able to to kind of run an offense based on their strengths. What what advantages do you see with that, and how different do you see this year's offense to maybe last year or even in years past? Well, first of all, you're exactly right. Andy does a great job of maximizing uh, each of the players' uh, strengths and, and what they do best. And, and uh, you know, we, we talk about it all the time around here. It's not about the plays. It's about the players. And and uh, we don't really necessarily start with, with scheme. We start with, okay, what does this guy do best? What does that player do best? What are his strengths? And then tailor the offense uh, to that uh, to those various skill sets and uh, you know, getting the right guys the ball in space and uh, whoever your number one running back is, you know, emphasizing the, the runs that he uh, is best at, feels most comfortable with. So, so that is going to be a, a, a another – opportunity for Andy to do uh, you know just that again this year um, you're right in the fact that uh, you know we've leaned on Zach Moss and, and had a, a fairly heavy dose of run over the last few years and it may change this year we may need to throw the ball more uh, which is fine I mean any, there's more than one way to get things done and and uh, last year our even though our pass offense offense wasn't real prolific yards per game wise it was very efficient and very effective and uh you know, I've got no no question and no doubt that that uh, Andy will get the most out of the uh, the ability of, of the players and, and what's available to him. Next up is Trevor Allen. Hey Kyle, it, it seems like every single year your your D line is always really really deep. With you know losing Bradley and Lecky and you know a bunch of guys uh, up front. How, how deep it, is, is this team? I know you brought in some really talented guys in that 2020 class, but how, how deep is this D-line as you go into camp? Should be uh, a strong suit for us. And, and you're right, we lost some really good players up front, but but uh, traditionally we just are able to reload at that position. And and uh, Viana Mawala we think is going to be one of the best defensive tackles in the Pac-12 and in the country. Uh, Howard Pututau is in there with him and Pita Tonga. Uh, we've got some really good freshmen that just came in. Uh, Van Fillinger, there, he's on the outside, ex Carlton. Um, Tanoa Tongiai, an inside player. And then, of course, we've got Mika Tafua returning, Max Tapai. Uh, both those guys have extensive experience. And so we feel like uh, year in and year out, the defensive front is going to be continue to be a strength of ours as it has been for, for many years. Uh, you know, just as long as I can remember, you know, we we very seldom have a year where our defensive front isn't dominating, and we expect that to happen this year. Next up is Trevor Allen. 
There's youth football coach Kyle Whittingham. Next up, the Cougars. The reaction to the win, not a pretty win, but a win nonetheless. We're here from Kalani Sataki, Zach Wilson, Dax Milne, all coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. BYU fumbled on the opening possession. They dropped the ball three times in the fourth quarter, and they're trying to close the game out. In between, they committed seven penalties, some at some very inopportune times. Yet, nonetheless, they got some talent because they won anyway, and they were playing the right team. You know, they were playing UTSA, not Houston, not Boise State. Uh, and so they get the win 27-20. Of course, they did lose, you know, last year to South Florida and Toledo. And this could have felt like that, but it doesn't. It's a win, and they're 4-0. Dax Milne made some big catches. I thought he was a guy on a day when a lot of people were average to below average, brought some C-minus football or D-plus football or whatever. Dax Milne made some plays. Here's Dax after the game. What was it like to be part of the offense today? You guys have been rolling fairly consistently in the first three games, and it just didn't seem to have the same cohesiveness. What did it feel like out there? Um, it, it felt um, kind of frustrating at first um, because – we showed that we could move it really well just on that first drive. And, and it was unfortunate what happened. And <clears throat> we'll get better from that mistake from, from Neil. But uh, that, that stuff happens. And so throughout the game, I thought that you know, we still were able to move the ball. I mean, at halftime, we had around you know, 300 yards off offense. And so I knew we, were, we weren't in trouble. I just think we just needed to clean up a couple things and, and we'd be all right. Yeah, Dax, one of the bigger offensive plays of the game was on that third and six, and you had tight coverage down the sideline, and Zach just threw it up to you, just trusting you. Can you maybe describe that play and maybe the trust that you have with Zach and that connection and what, what's what gone into that? Yeah, um, that play was uh, definitely a big one. Um, I knew they were bringing a lot of pressure uh, in the box, and so Zach needed uh, – I knew Zach needed somewhere to go quick. And I think it just comes down to our chemistry and um, just what we've done, uh, working hard in the offseason in past years. And, and it was a great throw by him. He put it right where only I could get it. And um, he, we made it happen. Dax, just to kind of follow up those first two questions, on that third touchdown drive, did it feel like things kind of came together after a tough offensive day? Zach seemed like he was in a groove. You guys ran the ball effectively. Did it seem like things kind of came together on, on that third touchdown drive? Yeah, for sure. I'd say that um, we definitely were able to like, find a groove. It's kind of a collective, like, okay, here we go. Um, we know, we know what we can do, and let's just keep, let's keep doing it. Dax, there's a lot of players on this team that are veterans. Did you ever feel like there was any time when people were pressing because you guys aren't accustomed to, you know, maybe being in a close game, and it seemed like maybe there, there might have been people pressing at times. How do you, how as a, a leader and experienced guy, do you kind of try and dial that back and get back into, you know, playing the type of game you guys are capable of playing instead of trying to do too much? Yeah, um, I think the veteran, we, the veterans were able to kind of just lead the team because in the past we've seen in games where that we um, where we play teams that we should have beaten and 
And um, so we knew, we knew that was in the back of our head and like, um, we knew that we just didn't want to make uh, that happen again. And so I think everyone was able to lean on the veterans and, and um, focus up and make plays. Dax, I wanted to ask you, what was the message from the coaching staff and I guess you guys as a receiver group to Neil after that early miscue? Um, yeah, I wasn't around um, Neil right after. I'm sure a lot of people were talking about him or talking to him, but I know I went over to him and and it was kind of a similar conversation because, you know, a couple games ago when I'm off the punt and, and everyone uh, rallied around me. And so I just, I just told him that, hey, um, I think I think we'll be all right. We're, we're going to come right back to you um, next time we get it. And I just said, hey, let's think of it this way. Think of it this way. We just say we uh, punted it on on the first uh, possession that we had starting the game, and and we would have been the ball would have been around the same spot. And so I think I told them that yeah, it's just we kind of got a good feel for what we're doing. We know we can move the ball now. Uh, we'll be all right. Hey, Dex, coach mentioned earlier that he felt that this type of game, maybe you guys would have lost a couple years ago, and it brings to mind last year's games at Toledo and USF. How do you think the mentality has grown since last year to be able to to finish out these games and close them out? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier, um, having those games in the back of our head, uh, <clears throat> those, haunt you, those haunt us. And um, I think it just comes down to, like, we all – for me personally, I, I hate losing more than I, I love winning. And so um, when playing teams um, that everyone expects us to beat and, or blow out, um, I think it just comes down to just just doing our job and, and on every single play and, and it'll work out. So I'm glad that we were all able to just be mature about this game and, and a win's a win. So there's Dax Mill, and he had a good day for BYU. Here's the guy who was throwing on the ball, quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach, what, how did you feel like the offense was consistency-wise today? It just didn't seem as crisp as you guys have been in the past, and, and did you have any any feel of, of why that, that was the case? Yeah, very inconsistent, I would say. You know, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, partic- particularly anything besides uh, those guys came out ready to play, and, you know, one of the biggest things I noticed is uh, us hurting ourselves, whether it's a mental error or, uh, you know, a fundamental mistake. You know, we had a couple of uh, things where I got I got to get the snap quicker and get it to the back. You know, a fumble where we shouldn't have a fumble. Um, I had a bad pitch to to Tyler on one of our option plays. You know, things like that. We had, we just had all across the board as a team today. Um, you know, things that we can work on this week in practice. You know, I, I still think we had glimpses of that playmaking ability when, when everything was clicking, you know, capitalizing on, on plays down the field and, and guys and guys making plays and zach just to follow up that question and answer on that third touchdown drive um you you were able to find dax on third down you went down the field to gunner on that touchdown drive did it feel like things were kind of coming together finally yeah for sure i feel like we're back to where we where we were supposed to be guys are making big time plays the o-line did a great job giving me some time in the pocket right there um you know the play you were talking about dax he went on a slant route um, we were able to steal one and, and run for some yards. And then the O-line did a great job of holding up safety bit on the, uh, deep, the deep crossing route. And uh, Gunner made a great job make, uh, making a contested catch. Hey, Zach. Um, Coach talked a little bit about how these are the type of games where last year you guys might not have won in years past, not just last year. For you personally, what have you taken from your experiences in past years in similar situations, similar games that helped you in the moment today? Shoot, never take a game for granted, man. I mean, 
you know, people, people talk to sub a lot in this game and, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we fell into the hype at all. You know, that's not, you know, the guys knew we had a, a team that was coming out here ready to play. And so, you know, credit to those guys for coming out and, and being ready, you know, but you know, you can't take these, these games for granted. Uh, they fly by and, and the ones that you expect to win comfortably, you know, sometimes don't happen. And, and BYU for sure knows that over the past, right? We've had games in the past that didn't work out for us that way. And so uh, we just got to take it one game at a time. Yeah, Zach, that first touchdown pass to Neil, we were watching the press box. It looked like you had absolutely nothing, and you're able to fit that in. Um, can you maybe walk us through that play? Maybe how cool was it to see Neil make it a catch like that after that initial fumble? Yeah, you know, they did a good job disguising. I was actually trying to work the boundary there, and uh, the corner press failed, so I wasn't able to, to work my one-on-one. I didn't have pressure, so if I would have been able to get to my frontside read, I think I actually had Neil – uh, right out of his break, uh, sitting in the end zone. You know, I ended up scrambling because I, I was trying to make a play. And um, really, at that at that point, the guy had his back turned, and I was really just trying to throw it up and give him a shot in, in that situation. And he did a great job going up, catching, and get his foot in balance. That was huge. Yeah, Zach. I wanted to ask you. You, you and Tyler seem to have some issues in terms of getting that handoff. What was going on there? Was there anything in particular you can identify? Yeah, you know, different different points of the game. You know, me and Joe. You know, particularly with me, I got to clean up the under center snaps. We just got to get those cleaner. Um, we just got to rep those more. Um, that one at the end, you know, you couldn't couldn't put that on Tyler either. Um, trying to run the clock out. He's got a guy in his face falling at his feet, and he's trying to cut back before I, I, I got the ball to him. And so, you know, it's, it's really just one of those things that happens sometimes in that moment. And, um, you know, we're going to learn from it and come back and, and be ready to capitalize on that stuff next week. Zach, in a game where you guys were, uh, you know, a big favorite, but you come away with a victory, a closer one maybe than expected from the outside looking in, what positives can you glean from this game and, and the initial takeaway before you size up the film? Yeah, well, for sure, we, we got to win. You know, that's, that's, I mean, shoot, learning from a win is always the best way to do it. Um, you know, but these guys came out ready to play. You know, we didn't execute, and uh, we put ourselves in some tough situations, you know, whether it was, penalties and we got you know third and longs you know we had a ton of third and longs today and um you know hard to capitalize when you're when you're way behind the sticks like that and so um they did a great job getting after us today and so we, we got to watch the film and, and go back and and see what things we can do better there's always improvement zach there in the fourth quarter the defense got a big stop when it was just an eight point game you get the ball at the 20 kind of an opportunity there to maybe put the game away and it turned out to be the case what was the message to the guys as you took the field for that final you know kind of for that big drive there in the fourth and marched it down for the touchdown yeah really that that short-term memory of you know things haven't gone well but this is a new drive right nothing else before that matters uh, the guys still have that energy and uh, really, all it took is one one momentum swing in play. We needed one thing to get us get the ball rolling, and, and it was it was taken off from there. And uh, you know, it was great to capitalize and get a score on that drive. There's BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Now here's the head coach Kalani Sataki. Glad we got the win. Um, that's the goal of every game. Obviously, there's some things that we would love to fix, and wish we could have performed a little bit better, right, in a lot of different areas. But um, you can't disrespect this game and and not celebrate the wins and. The fact that we got that win, I was proud of our team, um, you know, competing and had a lot of credit to, to UTSA. Uh, I thought Coach Trailer had that group going uh, and playing really, really well in all three phases. They had a great game plan and caused us some issues on, on both O and D. And um, you know, our guys, it felt like a, it took a while to get going, but I'm um, just proud of the way the guys were able to fight through and get a win. 
and uh, we'll, we'll learn from this and get better. Um, there's, uh, I think if you're looking at it, if we could help ourselves, it's uh, minimizing the, the mistakes that we made, um, uh, playing more discipline, um, you know, being offsides and giving them free plays is not how we do it on defense. And, and then on, uh, on offensive side, those penalties cost us as well. Little things like the fundamentals of football, ball security, all that stuff matters. But <clears throat> I don't want to take anything away from uh, UTSA and, and their preparation. I thought they came ready to go and, and um, you know, very, very uh, happy about the win and very excited about the opportunity to learn from this and get back on the field. We have less than a week to get ready for Houston. So uh, we're excited to get the work going and, and, and showing up again and making sure that we perform better than what we did here. You know, that's, that's the goal and learning as much as we can from this experience. Hey, Kalani, um, late third quarter, you, you guys are up 14-6. At that point, it seemed like Zach really kind of found the groove on that third touchdown drive. He went to the air. You guys ran the ball effectively. That third touchdown drive, do you feel like that was the best drive that you guys put together today? Yeah, I, I just um, hate that it came so late. You know, I, I think the first drive was nice until we got the, the, the fumble. And then it's just – Little things like being mindful of the football. That, that football does not belong to anyone specific. It belongs to the entire team, the program, and the fans. So we, we can't make those mistakes. And I thought, um, you know, we, 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 we've, like I said, give UTSA a lot of credit. But we didn't help ourselves in some of the issues now uh, that, you know, that we've been able to do the, the three previous games. Um, but a lot of that has to do with what UTSA did as a team. And, and uh, we, we got to make sure, as, as a head coach, I got to make sure that our team is ready to play and performs at its best every week. Um, not sure if this was this was our best, you know. And, and uh, but very very uh, happy that we got the win, and looking forward to, to learning from this and getting better. Kalani, what's the message when a game is sloppy like that? You had a bunch of plays that just didn't seem to be run as crisply as you have. The defense, you know, at times seemed to be out of position, things like that. What do you say during a game like that to try and keep things, you know, and try and correct those things while, while keeping the team moving forward uh, when, when the game's on the line? Yeah, it's the little things. It's, it's the fundamentals of the game. And, and sometimes the little things like, like uh, you know, hustling to line scrimmage, in and out of the in and out of uh, the field when they're or when they're sub substitution are going you know when we're getting our personnel sets it's a little things you, you don't go into an extravagant um, like hey this is the reason you just go into the little things and do you do them all right line up correctly stop jumping off sides and give them free plays it's the focus and the discipline that needs to happen and and like I said I I need to do a better job as head coach and make sure that they're ready you know we we've been really really good before and I think our guys are really aggressive. Wanting, want to make plays and things like that, but you're only all we can do is them doing their one eleventh, and then the whole team works. It's just, it's not can't go outside of your own um, responsibility and try to do more than that. And that's where we saw some guys, you know, reaching and trying to do more than their actual job, and it cost us, it cost us mistakes, penalties, and turnovers. You know, we, we just got to you know, basically go back down to the fundamentals of the game and preach the fundamentals and techniques of it, and I think you'll see a lot of improvement. But that, I, I want to give UTSA credit. They, they did some things to make us uncomfortable. They did some things to, to make things really difficult for us on offense and defense. It wasn't just like we couldn't click for whatever reason. You know, they, they did some things that, that we haven't seen other teams do, and we need to have an answer because I think Houston will, will probably do a very similar game plan. How big of an impact was that opening drive fumble in, in terms of setting the tone for maybe the rest of the entire day? 
Yeah, I thought the the response from our defense was good, you know, and and um, I think you know, like I said, we knew what Utsi was going to try to establish a run game and and uh, do some things. So they have one of the best running backs in the country, you know, in a big physical line. But uh, I, I think that our team has seen adversity on on a lot of different areas, and, and our our response has always been on point. And um, you know, it just took a little while to get going, and then. Uh, when you're looking at the mistakes, I have to look back at it, and I, I don't know how many of them were, were um, dealing with um, penalties and just getting behind the count. It, it, that's stuff that we can actually fix on our end. And, uh, you know, when you when you got some holding penalties, things like that, obviously we know we can play a lot cleaner than that, but it stops the drives. And uh, I know turnovers happen, fumbles, things like that, but we, we are a huge emphasis on ball security here. That's, that's one thing that we – Pride ourselves on it. The fact that that showed up was was, was not going to work for, for us, and we need to do better, and I uh, need to coach it better. Yeah, coach, it seemed like in, in the game's most difficult moments, uh, Zach was still able to make some phenomenal throws and really trust in his receivers, particularly Dax Milne. Uh, can, can you maybe speak into the work that goes into it where he can just feel so comfortable in, in pulling out big plays when everything's going wrong, it seems like? He's got great targets. Um, Dax knows how to get open, and he's a, he's really explosive on the offensive side. Uh, Gunner, Neil, Isaac. You know, we have a lot of guys I think can com- contribute to the offense. And you look at the run game with with Lopini and Tyler. So um, there's a lot of different things we can do as a team. Um, just got to be more efficient as a group. And I, I I was proud of our team. We got the win, right? And and and. Um, there's things that we could do better and improve on from this week to next, and I look forward to fixing it. But uh, the players, the effort, the, everything that was there. I, I don't want to keep taking saying. I keep saying that we, you know, we're making mistakes in this and that. But as yeah, UTSA had a lot to do with it, you know. And, and and I thought it was. If there's any silver lining on this, is that we were able to be uncomfortable a little bit. And and uh, I told the team we've been in this position. There's a lot of seniors there where we've lost these games. You know, and been in a situation where we lost the momentum and lost these games, and it felt good to get this win. It felt good to to be able to be four and zero and to learn from this and try to get better. And I, I think we'll perform a lot better next time. And the fact that we get less than a week, I think that's a positive for us. These guys are excited to get back on the field. Um, you know, we celebrate the win because we got it. And and now, we, as soon as we're done with this, we leave the locker room, we start working on 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 you know playing Houston and trying to be at our best. So. I think there's a combination of different variables here, and I would have—I uh, don't know what the score would have been had we made less mistakes and, and taken care of the football better. But I, I think uh, I just like the fact that our guys believe in each other; they love each other. You can see it when they when they take the field, and um, just happy that we were able to fight through and get this win. Kalani, you kind of hinted Monday in your press conference and talking about not patting guys on the back. You got to get to work. Did you notice anything in practices leading up to this that there might have been a complacency or anything setting in at all? No, the guys have always worked hard, you know, and it's just you guys stop telling them how good they are. You know, that'd be that'd be helpful. <laughs> but I think, I think uh, you know, this is a, every everybody's. Inside. I don't do a lot of social media stuff because I'm older, but I think that's kind of like this this uh, generation. That's what they do. But I, I think the key is to ask these guys to be razor sharp and focused on what we're trying to accomplish as a team and, and, and avoid the distractions. The distractions can come in a lot of different forms. It could be criticism. It could be praise. It could be a lot of things there that we need to just stay focused on what we're trying to get done. And now, with this with this close win, I think these guys are ready to get back at it and improve. 
Um, I, I don't think, from what I saw in the week of preparation, the guys, the guys have always given us their best effort. And this is a combination of UTSA doing some great things on their, on their side and then us just not taking advantage of some opportunities that we had on ours. That's, but uh, when you look at it and the stats, we were able to, our goal was to stop the run. I thought we did a pretty good job holding Sincere McCormick to, to, what, 42 yards rushing. That's a good sign for us. And then I thought, um, you know, they brought in uh, Narcisse to throw the ball, and I thought he was, he was uh, 17 of 20 for 229 yards, two touchdowns. That's too efficient. We didn't disrupt him enough, you know. So uh, glad that they were able to, to test us, but we, we didn't respond well enough, and there had too, too much efficiency on the offensive side in the second half. And defensively, we might have to prove that because I think Houston's got, got some good film to watch now. Kalani, I wanted to ask you about that offensive line for you. You had Joe Tukuafu make his second straight start, but it seemed like Zach was under more pressure today than he has been previously. Any particular reason why? Yeah, UTSA is a, a lot more um, aggressive in their game plan. They they pressure a lot more than other teams, and definitely more than any team we play. Um, that's the reason why I think they lead the, the country in TFLs. Uh, they they're gonna they're gonna try to get after you and pressure you a lot. And I thought we were gonna respond to some of it, but some of the, some of the times that we weren't able to, whether it's pass pro in the run game, uh, we weren't able to, to do enough, you know. And uh, but I look at some of the stuff that we did running the ball. I like I like that Tyler Argier had a lot of yards, and the averages were there for him and, and the entire offense to run the ball. Just putting it putting it together and having the, the offense run smooth. We we've seen it be a lot smoother in, in the past, and then there are times in, in this uh, game that it was smooth, but the, there's times that it just wasn't wasn't what we're used to. And so we'll, we'll do everything we can to get it back on track and, and get more points on the board. When it comes down to it, we'd like to see more points on the board with, with uh, the type of athletes that we have on this offense. And on defense, we, we think we can cause more disruption and be a little bit more stout with the type of athletes we have on D. We saw the fumbled exchanges between Zach and Algier. Was there anything particular going on there that they told you? Yeah, it's got to be better. That, 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 that's uh, whether it's, you know, lack of focus, whatever it is, um, not understanding miscommunication, it can't happen. So we need to improve that. But fortunate part is I think that's something that we should be able to fix quickly. The unfortunate part is that we've left some plays out there that we could have taken advantage of if we just were smooth with the transition and handoff. So that's just that's just one part of, of what we could be better. There's a lot of different places on offense and defense where we can be a lot cleaner. But Happy the guys got the win. I'm proud of how hard they played. They're physical. We did some really good things on offense, defense, and special teams. Looking forward to getting on the film, the film and, and learning from this. I'm really pleased with the way our guys were able to battle and get this win. So I, I don't want to take away from from the result we want, you know, and, and, and let's get better. And it's it's a lot easier to, to win and, and get better and, and demand more from your team than it is coming off a loss. Hey, Coach, for the first time this season, you guys uh, were trailing in the first quarter and were even unable to score in the first quarter. What type of uh, response did you see from your team going into the second quarter? What did you tell them? What was going on? Yeah, there, was, there was no panic. I thought the leaders were in control of the team. There's not a lot of panic. We, we've been, I, I think we were driving and then t- chose to take it to the next quarter, right? And, but I, um, you know, we, we wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to put points on the board, but we knew that we would be um, that we had a couple downs. I think we went on fourth down and got that touchdown. Um, we trust our offense and our coaches and our players. So um, I'm not really focused on, on, you know, trailing or all the stats of whether we 
score points every quarter or not. I just I felt like um, UTSA did a great job of slowing the game down, and I thought they tried to possess the, the ball a little more, run some clock, and limit our possessions. And I thought they did a good job of that. I, I don't think defensively we made enough stops early to get off the field and get the ball back to our offense. We're going to try to get that done. And offensively, I think we can control the tempo a little bit more and, and try to be more explosive as a team. Polani, you got a big sack from Gabe Summers to get the ball back, and then the run game really propelled you down the field on that four on that fourth quarter drive that allowed you to have the two score lead. That sequence, how big was that to see your boys make those plays in the fourth quarter when you had to to, to kind of give yourself a little cushion? Yeah, I just I, you know it, the coach in, in us is always like, man, you 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 love the big plays that we're making, but I keep thinking about the ones that we didn't, the sacks that we had, and then let let. Um, Low Narcis get get break free and throw a touchdown and break down in coverage because for whatever reason we maybe we thought that he was he was taken care of it. Uh, just the, just that stuff is what what bugs me the most, and that's the coach in me. But the way the guys respond and the way the guys have been, I mean, the entire game our guys are on top of it. They're they're on it. They they, they want to get back out there. And I think if you asked our players, they could have another sixty minutes to play a game again. They would they would take it a heartbeat. You don't get that opportunity. You know, so we'll never get this game back. And so what we need to do is double down and make sure that we don't uh, make very similar mistakes so that make sure that we're uh, on point for the next one. And, and as a head coach, that's, that's, I want to do that. I want to get that done. And I um, will celebrate the win, but uh, definitely want to get better. I know we can play better than this. And then, but a lot of credit to UTSA for making plays. There's BYU coach Kalani Sitaki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.